Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Welcome in, everyone. This is going to be an episode that uh, is played by more than just Coastal Carolina fans. This is our full Sun Belt Conference preview. We're going to look at some of the top teams in the Sun Belt, the top nine to be exact, um, at least by our metrics. There, there are a couple teams at the bottom that we will uh, be skipping over, and I apologize to their fans, but um, they're just not relevant to, to Coastal Carolina or to the Sun Belt race as a whole. That doesn't mean that they're they're bad teams. They're taking steps in the right direction, but they're just not quite there yet. So the teams that will be left off today, uh, UL Monroe, um, uh, Arkansas State, and Texas State will be left off of this preview. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll go through every team in the Sun Belt East and some of the biggest contenders in the Sun Belt West. Josh, we'll start with you. Coastal Carolina is not a big fan of Troy, Alabama, and the university that happens to be there. Kicked our ass in the Sunbelt Conference Championship game last year, and they have the talent to do it again. What's your breakdown and what's your impression of this Troy Trojans team headed into 2023? Yeah, and a team that even the two years before last year, they gave us super tough games. One was on the road and then one at home where – for some reason, they always play us within a touchdown, within five points. And like you said last year, they absolutely kicked our ass in the Sunbelt Championship. Um, the offense is going to be pretty solid. Um, they return Gunnar Watson back. He's actually he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the Sunbelt. Um, he can do everything you want. Nobody really talks about him. Nobody really talks about Troy either. But they sit atop the like win projections in Vegas for Sunbelt teams. I think their line is at eight and a half, them and them and James Madison. But yeah, they're bringing back Gunnar Watson. They're bringing back Kamani Vidal, who's a good running back as well. And then they're bringing back two people on the offensive line and one tight end. So their offense returns five like full-time starters and the defense returns, I think, seven full-time starters. So they lose 10 starters total, lots to replace, kind of like Coastal, but you keep your quarterback, you keep your running back. I'm sure that they have a they have a solid recruiting class and they did the year before. So I'm not sure about what the receivers will be, but Troy is going to be good. Um, they're projected to be good, but in the same sense, they're kind of flying under the radar. And maybe that's just because we're so focused on the East and I'd be interested to hear like how Troy fans feel about that. But yeah, with Gunnar Watson and Vidal back and same coaching staff, they're going to be good and they should be at the top of the West again, or at least one of the two or three contenders with South Alabama and maybe Louisiana. But yeah, they'll be good. Yeah, I think this is a team that that even though they're replacing a lot, they didn't lose their top playmakers and their top talent, if you will, right? They lost a lot of guys that graduated through the system and will be replaced by a guy who was just not, was knocking on their heels, you know, to take their place anyway. So this is a team that finished 11 and two last season. Um, again, kicked Coastal's ass in in the conference championship game and uh, beat uh, UTSA in the Cure Bowl as well. They finished the season, <clears throat> excuse me, on a 10 game winning streak. So they are 
primed for another really great season and and should be a team that Coastal Carolina has their eye on. A team that Coastal Carolina fans are super familiar with and will always have their eye on, the Mountaineers of Appalachian State. Jordan, what's your impression of this team, the team that forever will be Coastal Carolina's Sunbelt East rival and, and a team that always gives Coastal Carolina fits? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much said it. I mean, they always give us fits, but not just us. They give the Sunbelt a lot of fits as well. And you got to respect them. Um, they've been in the Sun Belt for quite a while now, and they um, they've gained a, a prestige of of uh, of having good football. So you got to give them respect uh, with that. But um, when it comes to this season coming up, um, they've lost a good little bit, including uh, starting quarterback uh, Chase Bryce. Uh, he is no longer with the team. So we enter Ryan Berger, freshman quarterback. Um, he's coming in from. Conway, South Carolina, uh, Myrtle Beach High School, uh, 6'3", 190. From what they say, he's got big-time passing skills, unteachable accuracy. He can hit the deep ball. Um, and, you know, it's. I think that he's going to be somebody you need to watch out for. Although he is a freshman, I think that he he can have a pretty decent season uh, coming in. Um, you still got uh, Nate Noel. <laughs> you still got him. It feels like Nate Noel's been with the team for like five, six years, but uh, Nate Noel, very good running back, coming back. Um, think that he's going to have a pretty good season. Um, Nick Ross, safety, he's coming into his senior season. And Nick Ross is someone you got to be formidable with when you see on the defensive side of the ball. He's a really fast, vicious, and he's, he's he plays physical. I think that he's going to have a pretty decent season as well. Also, um, coming in, they got uh, offensive guard from Georgia, Griffin uh, Scroggs, and he's going to be someone projected to start on the offensive line. Um, so, uh, really, App State, they may have lost some key players from last year's team, but this year they, they just went to the transfer portal and a lot of guys are still here. So, I think that, you know, the win total, they have it set at seven and a half. Um I think that that's pretty accurate. I think App State has a, has a good chance to win seven, maybe eight games on the schedule. But um, it's really going to be their defense. Their defense really struggled last year. They gave up a lot of points, especially everybody remembers that 63-61 game against North Carolina. And they actually played the Tar Heels again this year. So um, really the defense is going to be the, the tail of the take. And coming in with a new starting quarterback, that's going to be interesting for me to see. Um, overall, I think seven wins, seven or eight wins is possible, but um, I still say that they'll have a tough time with us when it, when we come up there and boom. I think that that's going to tell the tale. But App State looks pretty, for the most part, they look pretty regular. I'll say that. Josh, you had something to add here. Yeah, I think that I think everything you said is right, and and this is kind of where we want to be, um, regardless of what they lose. Every single year, they have reached the point of a program with sustained success. Every year, the minimum expectation is a bowl game. Last year, they like, didn't make one, and that was a complete failure, five and seven, complete failure. One of the worst seasons they've had in a long time, but then bounce right back regardless, win total set at seven and a half. This is where we want to be, where every season you're expected to compete for a bowl game and your ceiling's a New Year's six. Um, 
I, I think the quarterback will be a, a, definitely a, a little bit of a decrease from Chase Bryce, but he's going to be there for a long time, and he's pretty solid. Um, but, yeah, Nate Noel's a stud, and I think, yeah, the defense is the biggest question, but they're going to be good. And that game, regardless, every year, regardless of what they have, in app or at coastal, that game's going to be a bloodbath every year. So uh, I, I do want to make one quick little point before we uh, move to uh, Mario and South Alabama. I, I like what Appalachian State does with their schedule, and I wish Coastal Carolina would do the same thing. They play Gardner Webb, which is a local school. They play at North Carolina. They play East Carolina. Now they do play at Wyoming, but three of their four non-con games are Carolina-based teams. They're local teams. And I wish Coastal Carolina would dive into that more. I'd love to see Coastal play South Carolina more often. I'd love to see us bring South Carolina State in for for that FCS tune-up game. Um, play NC State or East Carolina in, in you know a marquee matchup every couple of seasons. That'd be very nice. So I like that App State does that, and they've done that consistently for a few years now. Mario, we come to you, the South Alabama Jaguars. This is a team that's returning a lot of starters and has a lot of potential. What are you looking at for this team this season? So South Alabama coming off of a 10-3 and record last year, probably one of their best seasons up to date. They were one game behind Troy in the West. Look, they're returning 18 starters, which is huge for this team. And the coach has already said that he's looking, he's staying hungry, and he's looking to build off of that season. Uh, the only guy that got drafted was uh, Darrell Luther this year in the uh, by the 49ers cornerback. But let me tell you something. South Alabama is not a team to mess with this year. First, you start off with LaDamian Webb running back. He's a uh, preseason uh, first team honors. Uh, had a 1,000-yard 1,000 yard rushing season this year and 13 touchdowns or last year, excuse me. Yam Banks, this is a guy I'm expecting to really be a huge factor on this defense. Six interceptions last year, one pick six. 50 total tackles, one and a half sacks, 17 passes defended. So let me tell you something. He's going to be he's going to be a tough guy to throw against, really. And I, I do expect him to take that jump, take that leap. I believe he is going to be the number one corner uh, for the South Alabama team. Carter Bradley uh, is the quarterback. Decent stats, you know. When you have Grayson McCall, everything kind of looks like okay. It doesn't look like it's impressive, but. He had uh, 3,300 yards last year, 28 TDs, 12 picks, 65% completion. So he's a decent quarterback. The two wide, receiver he, the two wide receivers, though, he's throwing against, these, these guys know how to split the touches. And on top of that, either one of these guys, you take them off this team, they could be in a 1,000-yard receiver. Colin Lacey, he is getting second-team Sunbelt honors uh, for the preseason, 65 receptions, 100, uh, 815 yards, and six TDs. And then Devin Boyson, uh, also second team, Sunbelt Honors, 64 receptions, 871 yards, five TDs. That was their stats for last year. Then you go to the defensive side, Wakavius Thomas, defensive line preseason uh, second team, 35 tackles, three and a half sacks, one forced fumble. You got Keith Gallman on the other side. He's probably most likely going to be cornerback number two or safety, whichever way they're going to put him. 59 tackles, two passes broken up in a fumble recovery. Jaden Boyson, which I assume is the brother of Devin Boyson, the wide receiver. He's a defensive back. 80 total tackles, two interceptions, seven passes defending, one forced fumble. And you know what? Call me crazy, but this guy right here might be the difference maker from what makes South Alabama second to first. Diego Guajardo, kicker. Preseason second team. Let me tell you something about this guy. 18 for 19 last year with a long of 49 uh uh, longest kick of being 49 yards. 
if South Alabama starts getting in the close games and they get around that 35-yard line, 30-yard line, and, they, and they're bringing in this kicker, I, I think it's ice. Yeah, of course Mario goes with the kicker. That's uh that's on brand for 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 Mr. Mario. So, um yeah, South Alabama is a very very good team that that will make some noise in the West and has the potential to upset Troy and win the West this year. Their schedule is is weird because they they start at Tulane, then they play Southeast Louisiana at home, and then they play at Oklahoma State. So like they've got two tough games in the first three weeks and it's going to be tough to overcome those, uh, those games against those opponents. Josh, we'll come back to you. Georgia Southern is a team on the rise. Clay Helton has established himself in Statesboro and it looks to improve on what the Eagles have done the past couple of seasons. They're in the East with Coastal Carolina, but do they pose a threat to Coastal Carolina and an East championship? I I think to answer that question simply, I think they do. Another program that is just a good program. Um, the offense is going to look about the same as it did last year because obviously they had Kyle Van Treese. He is gone after putting up like 4,000 yards, but they bring in, it looks like Davis Brin from Tol- Tulsa will be the starting quarterback for now. Um, They come in. He'll be good regardless. They run – Clay Helton runs that offense, which he did at um, USC as well. Get the ball out quick. Throw the ball a ton. 40 passing attempts a game, whatever. Receivers, Caleb Hood is back. Derwin Burgess is back. And they bring in a tight end from Kentucky. The offense will be very good. They have one of the better running backs in the conference too. Um, Jalen White. 900 yards last year so the offense will be very good it's the defense is where they're going to have troubles which in a lot of regards kind of like coastal defense was not good last year they gave up in the 30 points a game range um the secondary was bad last year too and they lost like their two best players from the secondary dairy to virginia tech and then the other guy went to tcu so their linebackers are also pretty good actually so in a way, Georgia Southern is a lot like Coastal. Um, they're going to be tough. That game's going to be tough regardless. It's going to be kind of a clash of like similar styles. I wouldn't be surprised if that game is like a kind of like 38 to 42 or something like that. Very similar styles. I think Coastal has a more talented offense, and I think the teams have equally as questionable defenses. So that's a game where if you don't bring it on offense that day, you're going to get caught lacking. So they're a team a lot like us, just a little less talented. So I think their ceiling is lower, but I do think that they're still a threat to compete in the East. And Clay Helton has done a very good job at Georgia Southern, and they'll be a force again. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. This is a team that I look at as not necessarily equals with Coastal Carolina, but on the same general level. If that makes sense, they're they're a step below, but they're right there, and and Clay Helton has them headed in the right direction. Jordan, you have the most intriguing team in all of the Sun Belt, at least in my opinion, the James Madison Dukes, a team that's not eligible to compete for the Sun Belt Championship because of some stupid archaic NCAA rule that shouldn't exist, but whatever, we're here. It's a team that last season finished at eight and three and really should have been in the Sunbelt championship game. And they weren't because of that rule. And 
they won't be this year, but it doesn't mean they're not a good team and they won't give Coastal troubles. What can we look forward to out of the purple and gold? Yeah, purple and gold. I mean, they they had a pretty good season last year and, you know, looks like they're going to probably try to continue to have that same season, that same mindset. Um, looking at it, they're going to have a new quarterback. Um, it's going to be uh, Jordan McLeod. He's coming in from Arizona. Um, and it seems like he's going to be motivated to have the reins at quarterback. It's either going to be between him. I believe it's Jordan McLeod is going to be the starter, but they're, they've been saying for the longest it's been a QB battle with him and Wake Forest transfer uh, Brett Givis, Griffiths. So he is, is – I still think Jordan McLeod will be the, the starter. Um, they got a really good senior wide receiver coming back, Reggie Brown. Um, and he had a, a great season last year, 24 grabs. Uh, he had 400 yards and four scores, second on the team. Um, and he's going to be looked upon to have a really good season this year. On the defensive side, they got a really good defensive tackle. James Carpenter had an outstanding season last year. Looking looking for him to see what he can do this year. Um, they got Jalen Walker, a linebacker. He's coming back. I think he's going to have another decent season as well. But really, it's going to be um, a pretty good season. I think, you know, for the – the Dukes. I think that, you know, they're going to, they, they ran the ball a lot last year, uh, over 2000 yards rushing last year, first quarter scoring, they had 70 points and they had, they had pretty good um, numbers when it came to sacking the quarterback. They had 38 sacks as a, as a whole, this defense was fast. It was physical and they got to the quarterback a lot last year. So I think that'll continue this year. Um, the Dukes, even though I think that is a stupid rule that they have with what Curtis was saying, they should have been able to play postseason football. Everybody wanted to see this team. They were even ranked last year at one point in time, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I think the Dukes are going to be another good team. They're going to have a really good season this year. Uh, it all just depends on quarterback play. Uh, Jordan McLeod, let's see what he can do. Um, and But the defense is going to be great. I think the defense is going to have another stout defense this year yeah james madison is returning five starters on offense that's not to say that the other guys that are coming back didn't play a lot they did but five you know major starters if you will right they started more than half the games last year and all five of them are their offensive linemen so if you're going to return any five offensive starters probably them that's going to set them up for a lot of success that offensive line unit is going to be hard to beat and and I can't wait to see the Dukes compete. And I know they lost their appeal of that archaic NCAA rule, but um, come next season, the Dukes are going to be right there at the top of the Sun Belt. Mario, you are up next with Georgia State. Right. So Georgia State, obviously, a little bit of change is going on with them. They have, uh, you know, a familiar foe with us in uh, Coach Staggs. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to go against, unfortunately. But, I mean, Georgia State, they do have a good – they really do. Uh, 15 returning starters. Travis Glover, offensive lineman. I'm going to start with the preseason first-team honors. 45-game streak he had of just starting. He played left guard and right tackle. So not only has he played both sides of the offensive line, but he's also played the two majority positions. So I expect him to have a really good year for Georgia State. I expect him to – to lead them as far as being on the offline. Uh, Javon Dennis, 
he has uh, 47 total tackles, four sacks, and two forced fumble, uh, fumble recoveries last season. So I expect him to be a very crucial part of this defense. Uh, John Trey Hunter, 55 total tackles, two interceptions, one pick six, four passes defended, two sacks, and two forced fumbles. He's probably going to be their best linebacker. I expect him to cause a lot of havoc uh, on that on that second front of the defense. One guy um, I'm very familiar with, Jordan Veneziale. I mean, he's been on this team, it feels like, for three years now. You know, I've, I've heard his name a lot, especially when it came to Georgia State. 98 total tackles last year, two sacks, three passes defended, and three fumble recoveries. He is the other line. Those two line, that linebacker and do that linebacker duo is definitely going to be something. It's definitely going to terrorize a lot of offensive this year. That's if Stags doesn't, you know, corrupt them and end up turning them to a shell of themselves, kind of like what he did with our defense. Uh, Bryquise Brown, I expect him to be the number one defensive back for. Georgia State this year, 45 total tackles, one interception, three passes defended, and a forced fumble. And overall, with Georgia State, those, those are the main guys. Obviously, the quarterback, uh, Danny Granger, he obviously gave us that upset. But regardless of that, I do think Georgia State's going to improve. However, I, j- I just don't see them being a top team in the Sun Belt. I do think they're going to have a better season than last year. But as far as Georgia State, as far as the Panthers, Look, it's kind of hard to be optimistic when your defensive coordinator is stacks. It's very hard to be optimistic if you're a Georgia State fan. I'm, I'm letting you guys know this ahead of time. I'm not being pessimistic or anything, but we've experienced it. We know what it's like. Now it's your turn to experience it as well. But I do expect them to improve maybe by like a game. But at the end of the day, I don't see Georgia State being a contender. No, I think that's fair. I think the one thing that Georgia State has going in its favor this year is its non-con schedule. Um, At home against Rhode Island, at home against Connecticut, and at Charlotte, none of those teams scare me. That should be three wins. Um, They can pluck a couple of games here and there from uh, Sunbelt opponents, and they're going to get their asses absolutely handed to them by LSU at the end of the season, uh, which is going to be fun to watch Chad Staggs try and coach defense against LSU if they don't break the record for most points in a game, uh, it'll be an absolute disappointment. So we start the cycle again, Josh, this is our last time through. Um, these are teams that are a little bit further down the Sun Belt preseason projections, but still a decent team. So we'll spend a little bit less time on these, but uh, we'll start with you, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Yeah. So this is another team that, again, I feel like the ones that you've, given me are kind of like the blue chip programs of the Sun Belt in a way. Louisiana has been a good program. They were really good. And then Billy Napier left. Obviously you're going to take a step back. That was the first last season was the first season without him. Now they have coach Michael Desermo. He it's his second year at the helm now. So I expect them to be a little bit better than they were last year. Their starting quarterback should be Ben Wooldridge. Um, he was pretty good last year before he tore his ACL. They'll be a pretty good team. I don't expect them to be a contender. They lost their top running back. Their offensive line should be pretty solid. Again, the quarterback coming back, but he is coming back off of ACL injury, so we will see how he performs. I think it's going to be tough for them to get a lot of wins in the West against the top teams. I don't really think they pose much of a threat to South Alabama or Troy, really. And on defense, they it's a lot of twos from last year that have to step up and be ones now. 
They lost a lot of guys from the to the transfer portal, and their secondary got depleted as well through that. So there's not a ton to look forward to with this Louisiana team, but they have a good base. They have good players, good recruiting class. So they're going to simply out-talent out some of the teams at the bottom, such as probably Old Dominion, ULM, schools like that. So they'll get their wins. But I don't think there's a ton to be excited about with this team, but they'll probably win about six, seven games. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. And moving to a team that's eerily similar to the to the Raging Cajuns, Jordan, you've got the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Southern Miss coming off of a big bowl win last year. Um, they had a pretty decent season last year, um, and they're looking to try to keep that momentum going. Um, notable player for them, we all know who it is, Frank Gore Jr. Um, he's looking to have another good year, over one over thirteen hundred yards last year, and they're going to be looking to keep that going. So expect Southern Miss to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Um, they have a new starting quarterback coming in. Um, Clemson transfer Billy Wiles. Um, he was in a quarterback competition with Houston transfer Holman Edwards. But just released five days ago, uh, head coach Will Hall announced that Billy Wiles will be the starting quarterback. So expect him to have a good season. If you don't really know much about him, he's a, he's a native of Ashburn, Virginia. So he's been spending two seasons at the backup position under DJ Uyangale when he was at Clemson. So he'll be looking upon to have a good breakout season. Um, other notable players for Southern Miss – you have to look at Jay Stanley, safety coming in. Um, another guy, Jalen Williams, defensive tackle. And Frank Gore's not going to be running the ball by himself. He's got a he's got a, a duo back in uh, Rodriguez Clark. He's pretty good as well. So overall, the the they have the wins the wins set at six and a half, <clears throat> and I think that that's pretty fair considering you have a new quarterback. Um. You really have a good bit of defensive players coming back, and you still got Frank Gore Jr. So I think that with the team that they have, I think that they have a, a, a good chance to make it back to another bowl game. Their toughest game this year is going to be at South Alabama. So be on the lookout for that game October 21st. But Southern Miss looks just like they were last year, and they're a formidable foe. Do not take this team lightly. Um, even with a new quarterback, I think Billy Wilds has a lot to to prove to everybody. So I think Southern Miss will be just like in the same boat that they were last year in a bowl game at the end of the year. And it'll be determined whether they'll win it or not, but they're going to have a good year. I think six and a half is a good line. Yeah, I think Southern Miss has the opportunity to surprise a lot of people. I think Frank Gore is very, very talented. And I think he's going to be helped out by the fact that Southern Miss is projected offensive line starters the the five guys that 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 they're ready to roll out there week one uh have an average weight of 325 pounds and their defensive line is just as big and just as strong and just as dominant so they don't have the playmakers on the outside that coastal carolina has has the luxury of and other teams in the Sun Belt do but i mean you can do a whole lot worse than three yards in a cloud of dust every play and I think that's going to be Southern Miss's mentality. And I think that mentality gets them to a six and six or seven and five in a decent bowl game. Um, they do have to play. It's funny. They play at Florida state week two. So uh, that's a game that 
if that offensive style works and they chew up clock and, and I know everybody's projecting Florida state to be really, really good this year, Southern miss has the opportunity to pull off, you know, a, a Sunbelt upset of, of the magnitude that app state did when they beat uh, Texas A&M. So uh, be on the lookout for that game. I'm not necessarily telling you to, uh, to bet a month's salary <laughs> that, that Southern myths will win that game, but I think they've got, got a puncher's chance. So, Mario, our last breakdown uh, of the episode, the Marshall Thundering Herd. The Marshall's debuting season in the Sun Belt, it was, it was a pretty decent one. They went nine and four. Now, they're having six returning starters. The most notable starters from last year that are gone are Kalen LeBourne, the running back, and Abraham uh, Beauplan. Those two guys are going to be huge departures from this team. And the offense this year, I don't think they're going to be that great. I'm going to be honest. I don't think the offense is going to be that great. As According to the preseason rankings for the Sun Belt, there's only one guy who made on the offense, who made preseason first team, and that's Logan Osborne. He's an offensive lineman. He started all 13 games for them last year. He played center and guard. The defense is definitely going to have to step up for the herd this year. They definitely are. And they got guys who can do it. One guy, notably, this is probably the most noticeable guy, the one that popped up to me on their team, Owen Porter. He's a defensive lineman. He's got preseason first team honors, 60 total tackles. He led the team in tackles for loss with 15 and a half, nine and a half sacks, two forced, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, and one interception. This defensive lineman is going to be a menace. Trust me when I tell you, he is absolutely going to be a menace. Just with those stats alone, I expect him to improve. I expect him to be the best defensive player on this team. Guys like Eli Neal, who I expect to come back and and to have a big role on this team, especially as a veteran, especially as a leader as well. Uh, Last year, 49 total tackles, three sacks. Micah Abraham, defensive back. He had 22 total tackles this season, uh, last season, six interceptions and 10 passes defended. I expect him to be cornerback number one. I expect him to have a pretty good lockdown season. You can already tell just by the stats. They, they don't target when they target him, it's a mistake. You can tell that 22 total tackles for a defensive back is not many, which means he's not getting burnt, which means he's not getting, he's not being forced in positions where he has to make the tackle because somebody else messed up. I expect him to definitely take over. The most notable guy offensively, which I'm surprised they they when they gave him first team. I think he suffered a I think he suffered an injury last year. Uh, Rasheen Ali, uh, running back, second team All Honors, 47 carries, 273 yards with one TD. Will LeBorn not be in there? He is definitely going to be running back one, and I expect him to have a possibly a, a Sun Belt first team season. You know, being that one solo running back guy, he doesn't have to share those carries with LeBorn. Hopefully, if he stays healthy, I expect big things out of him. You know, I, I think the ceiling for him can definitely be Sunbelt first team. And last but not least, offensive lineman Ethan Driscoll, second team Sunbelt, started all uh, 13 games last year. I'm not going to lie to you. I think the herd kind of, I think as far as this season compared to last year, I think they kind of demoted a little bit, maybe by like a game. I don't think it's by much, but I do think that the defense is definitely going to have to pick it up this year. I think they're going to have to do the majority of the work. I think the offense is going to be lacking a little bit next year. So that's what I expect from the herd coming into this season. I think they might end the season eight and four if I had to make a prediction. Last year, they had a Myrtle Beach Bowl. It wouldn't surprise me if they get the Myrtle Beach Bowl again or they end up getting a bowl relatively similar to that. But as far as this season compared to last season, I don't see the herd improving. I think the herd have one of the most wildly different floors and ceilings of any team in the Sun Belt, right? This is a team that if the defense clicks and and um, 
Fincher takes a step up and Rasheen Ali is the running back that we think he can be and the offensive line works out and, and Owen Porter is just the menace on defense that he can be and his Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year, this is a team that wins 10 games. They could also be a team that wins four. Right. And they, that's that's where you're you're you've got a lot of variability with this team. You know, it, it doesn't get easy for them, especially in non-con at East Carolina against Virginia Tech and at NC State. They really challenged themselves in non-con this year. So that's going to be tough to overcome that. But again, if everything clicks for this team, they could have 10, 11 wins and it wouldn't surprise me one bit or they could be three and nine, four and eight. And that wouldn't surprise me either. So. Josh, you had a point to add here before uh, I hit up one last player. Yeah, I'm very glad that um, you guys mentioned Rasheen Ali. And we talk about people thinking Brayden Bennett died. Like, this guy is has a case behind, other than Grayson McCall, he's undoubtedly, in my opinion, the best player in the entire Sun Belt. Um, this guy, in 2021, his freshman season had 1,400 rushing yards and 23 rushing touchdowns and added 350 yards receiving and a touchdown. This is a guy that missed 10 games last year due to an MCL tear. And when he came back, 300 yards in, in two games and two touchdowns. So this guy is incredible. With a full season, I would, we actually, in our Sunbelt preview a year ago, said that this was the only guy. Um, that would we actually gave him our offensive player of the year, not Sunbelt player of the year, but offensive player of the year in our preseason awards. And then he tore the MCL. So this guy is very, 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 very good and is basically an offense around himself. So, yeah, I think he's the second best player in the Sunbelt. And then one little other nugget that I wanted to add is that this is kind of a crazy season for um, Travis Trickett. It's his second like official. It's his first like true offensive coordinator job but his whole family he gets to play two of his um brothers or he gets to play his dad this year who is the offensive line coach at jacksonville state and then his younger brother clint trickett is the offensive coordinator at marshall so he gets to play two of those guys um clint trickett's at marshall so just kind of cool little tidbits for travis trickett who will get to play his dad and his brother this season in his first like true offense that's that is his yeah that's that's super cool so before we get to uh sunbelt championship predictions and player of the year predictions i I do want to hit up something really quick um the old dominion monarchs are going to be bad i'm sorry it's just where they are as a program they're improving but um i have to give this player his flowers because i don't think anybody will mention him um when when we go to the the player of the year but uh jason henderson is a linebacker at old dominion who quite literally led the ncaa in tackles last season he had uh, 186 of them uh he is on pace to break the career tackles record uh and it wouldn't surprise me at all if if he sticks around and, and beats that record so i just wanted to throw that out there before we move into our predictions uh portion of this this episode so Quick fire, we'll go around the room. We'll start with you, Josh. Who wins the East? Who wins the West? And who wins the Sun Belt? Okay, so who wins the East? I have Coastal Carolina winning the East. Who wins the West? Um, I've got South Alabama coming out of the West. And then I think we can beat South Alabama if that's the matchup. So Coastal South Alabama, I'm taking Coastal in the championship. Jordan, you're up next. I'm going to say Coastal 
I think we're going to definitely win the East, West. I think Troy, um, they're just a formidable team. You got to give them uh, the respect where it's due. Um, and I think that we're going to have another – we'll have a chance at a rematch from last year. And I think this year we'll be out for blood this year, and I think we'll get them back this year. And Mario? I think the top two teams in the East are definitely going to be James Madison and Coastal. I think we're going to edge it out. I think Coastal is going to get that – East bid, and I think the West is going to go to South Alabama. I think we're going to beat them. However, I would like to see us face Troy. I would like to see that rematch. I would like to see us get our redemption, and I would like to see us beat them. But I truly do think that South Alabama is going to surpass uh, people's thoughts of what I think they're going to exceed the expectations of last year. I think they're going to get into the Sun Belt Championship against us, but I think it's just not going to be enough. I got Coastal winning it. Um, yeah, so I've got Coastal winning the East, I've got Troy winning the West, and I think Troy doesn't allow us to get a revenge. I think Troy is the Sun Belt champion. I know that that's a tough pill to swallow, especially coming from a Coastal Carolina-centered podcast, but I think Troy is very, very, very good, and I think they exploit the weaknesses that Coastal have. Um, It's just where the talent matchup is, and, and we'll get to that, you know, 14 weeks from now. We'll we'll reconvene and and uh, and reassess that situation. But right now, I think Coastal comes out of the East, Troy comes out of the West, and Troy is your Sun Belt champion. So uh, again, one more quick trip around the room. Sun Belt Offensive Player of the Year. Do you think Grayson McCall will for Pete? Just a yes or no answer, and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Josh, you're up. Uh, yeah, I think he um, repeats as the Player of the Year. Uh, and then I'm going to give Offensive Player of the Year to Rasheen Ali because that's typically what they do. Jordan, you're up next. Yes, I'm going to give it to Grace McCall, and I think Offensive Player of the Year will probably be um, Frank Gore Jr. I think Grace McCall is going to be some belt player of the year. I think he's going to four-peat that, but as far as Offensive Player of the Year, i got to agree with Josh. I'm going Rasheen Ali. Frank, Jor- Frank Gore Jr., though, that's a really good pick, too. I think it's definitely going to be between the three we just mentioned, but I think Rasheen Ali will edge it out. I think Grayson McCall has real competitors for the first time in a long time. Um, I I think Carter Bradley at South Alabama is legitimate, but I think that uh, Grayson McCall wins player of the year and they give the offensive player of the year to Frank Gore. I think the storyline coming in with him is too much to overcome that even if he has a good, but not great season, he'll surpass Ali just in name recognition alone that he'll get that award. So With that, I think we'll go ahead. We'll wrap it up here. Follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show or X, whatever. I don't care. It's Twitter. Um, But yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep you posted. And, uh, you know, if you're you're a fan of a different team, who did we overlook? What numbers did we miss? You know, what players, what are you expecting out of your teams? And uh, if you were one of the the teams that didn't get a full breakdown in this episode, give us a little bit of something on, on Twitter, a DM. Um, our DMs are always open or, or a nice reply to to a tweet that, uh, hey, here's what we're looking at and, and why we think we'll be better than you guys think we will be anyway. So we'll look forward to that. As always, shots up. Back with Ellison.